the book of Matthew chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 4. And we shall read from verse 12 onwards. Matthew chapter 4. From verse 12 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, and we shall read from verse 12 onwards. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their net and followed him. Going on from there, he sat He saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their fathers, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Praise be to God. I'm going to go back to verse 12. Jesus hears a news, and the news is John is put in prison. And he's moving after that from one place to another. Moved by the Spirit of God. Anytime Jesus did something, he never randomly did. He didn't say that, well, I need to get this done because I need to get this done for myself. No. He always did the will of the Father. It is very important. In our lives too, every day, whatever we do, must match what God has scheduled for us. As long as we are in God's timeline and God's calendar, as long as we are within God's perfect will, which is whatever God has planned for us that day, if we do what God has told us to do hour by hour, minute by minute, we have done the will of the Father in heaven. So it's important for us to know God and know what God wants us to do. In order for that to happen, we must live in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, we will 
not fulfill the desires of the flesh because the desires of the flesh go contrary to the desires of God Almighty. And so when we look at the work of God in the life of Jesus Christ, through the life of Jesus Christ, through the pages of the scripture, we see here Jesus Christ is moving from one location to the other in order for the prophetic word of God that was spoken about him to be fulfilled. Just picture that before your eyes and see how God Almighty, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. He's making this move, intentional move from one place to another in order to fulfill that which was spoken by God of him. Every scripture must come to pass. Think about this. This is such a young man living in a time of chaos and confusion. Lived to fulfill the will of the Father, that which was spoken of him. Do you know that God has set things set for you? God's word has been planned for you, spoken over you. And every prophecy that has been spoken over you, do you know that it will not automatically happen in your life? You pay, you play a part in the fulfillment of the prophecies that God has spoken. Unless you partner with God and do the will of the Father, none of the prophecies God has spoken will come to pass. It will not happen because... We must trust in what he has said and be led by him in order for us to inherit that which God had told us to do. Now, God spoke through Moses to the children of Israel. You have heard this many, many times, but the Lord wants me to say it, so I'm saying it again. God spoke through Moses to the children of Israel. I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. As soon as he said that, did a magic happen And all the children were just transported from Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. And there they ruled and reigned forevermore. The end. No. It didn't happen like that. They had to do specific things, which included taking the lamb, taking the blood of the lamb, putting it on the doorpost, which included eating the bitter herbs, which included getting whatever God told to get from their Egyptian neighbors which included leaving in haste with their young and with their old. All these things had to be done. Sitting where we are and saying that, oh, God has prophesied over me and all this. It's terrific. Without the word coming to us, nothing will happen. The word has to come to us first. But once the word has come, remember, it comes with power. Prophecy is not foretelling or future telling. Prophecy, the prophetic word of God, prophecy when it comes, it carries this power of God to impart life. It carries the power of God to set into motion that which is not. It carries the power of God to activate something that which is not. But once it's activated, what are you supposed to do? Once you are been activated by the spirit of God to doing something, you should do that. When you go at a state of being standstill, Whatever God has spoken over you will also come to an equilibrium, will come to a state of motion where, state that will keep you out of the will of God, where whatever that needs to go forward will come to a standstill. It will not be in motion. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Jesus Christ moved from one place to another because... He was in line with the will of the Father and that which was prophesied over him came to pass because he went along with the plan of God. God is asking you this question. Are you going along with the plan of God? Or are you saying, oh, this was spoken already, this will automatically happen. It won't happen automatically because it never happens that way. 
we need to know that our partnership with God is very important. When God tells you to leave and to cleave, we need to leave and to cleave. God's word says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Therefore what God has united, man cannot put asunder. This leaving and cleaving is definitely important in order for this one flesh joining together, being one in everything to happen. If that is not there, it's not going to happen. Just like that, when God says leave Egypt, leave Sodom, leave your old lifestyle, leave whatever God tells you to leave, whatever it may be. When he tells you to drop something, you should be a person who will say, I will drop it. If you want God's work to happen in your life, if you want the call of God to happen in your life, if you don't want the work of God that God has put in your life, which is a prophecy, prophetic word, which is like a conception in a woman's womb, to not end in a miscarriage, you need to partner with God and carry it to term to make sure it comes to fulfillment. If you don't partner with God, then it will not come to fulfillment. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. I really want you to pay close attention to what the Spirit of God is speaking. Jesus Christ played a key role in the fulfillment of all that was spoken of Him. Everything that was spoken of Jesus Christ came to pass. Including Him riding on the donkey. That was also fulfilled of Him. He did everything that was written of Him. Are you someone who is partnering with God to fulfill everything that has been spoken of you? Or are you bringing your agenda, your thoughts, and this is what I want to do, this is my plan, this is my future, and this is what I, this is what I feel is right. Who do you think you are to begin to think that this is what you feel is right? Bigger than God? If God has said something to you, make sure that stands about every other word. His word is forever settled in the heavens. That has to override and supersede everything, every other word that has been spoken. When we know how to esteem the word of God above our very own life, then God will make sure everything that he has spoken come to pass because it will go in sync with whatever God has spoken to our hearts. God is speaking to our hearts today. Jesus Christ moved from one place to another. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen, what? A great light. They have seen a great light, not any little light, a great light. Jesus Christ was the greatest light. He is the greatest light. He was the greatest light. He is the light of all lights. People who sat in darkness. I want to ask you this question. Are you blind to those who are sitting in darkness? Or can you see? Can you see how many people are sitting in darkness? Have you received the light? If you have received the light of Christ, are you content with the light you have? And is it okay for you to see the rest of the people in darkness? Is it okay? If it is okay, then you are leading an abnormal Christian life. That's not a normal life. If you are able to eat and your family member is starving, I will question your relationship with your family member at that point. If you are able to sleep and your family member is suffering, but you are able to get a good night's rest, I will question your affection for your family members. 
When you look at the fellow human beings who are around you and you call yourself a Christian in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and you do not have a burden for your neighbor, you do not have a burden for the souls who are next to you, I will question your faith. What kind of faith do you have? Is it a shallow faith? Shallow faith always understand when wind blows, the root will be uprooted. It'll be just gone. When some water comes, it'll just pull the roots out. Only the root that grows deep will last. God is speaking to our hearts today. We are called to be the light in this world. Jesus said, you are the light of this world. He is the greatest light. But you know what? When he comes into our lights, we too must become bright lights. And we too should be people who will cause those who are sitting in darkness to see this light and to be drawn to Jesus Christ that they no more sit in darkness. If you're sitting in the light, those whom God has placed around you should not be sitting in darkness. Should not be sitting in darkness. Every day that tears must come, your food should be your tears and say, God, these people are sitting in darkness. These people are sitting in darkness. Lord, bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Every day that prayer has to go night and day, night and day, night and day. Jesus relocated to fulfill the will of the Father. It's very important. Very important. That which was spoken of him. He didn't say, I'm relocating because I want to be comfortable. I'm relocating because I want to look good in front of people. I'm relocating because this is a good place. You can get a good supermarket and good school district and and good playground and, and good park over here. Those are things people really look for. What are we living here for? Is this our home? Is this why we are here for? If we look at our surroundings and say like Lot that, oh, this looks really nice and I want to sit here. We are in the most tragic place of all places. God is speaking to our hearts today. We need to be like Abraham. Look for a house that is not built by hands, but built by the hand of God. Our eternal home is in heaven. And as we look for that eternal home, whatever God tells us to do, we keep doing, we keep doing, we keep doing, and we keep moving, sailing, I'm sailing, home. We have a direction. We have a place that we look forward to. We have a city that is not made by hands. And we have a God who is preparing a home for us in heaven. We have a goal. We have a place. We have something to look forward to. Are you looking forward to it this day? Are you looking forward to it every day? Are you looking forward to it? If you're not looking forward to where you're going, you are aimlessly wandering. You will get lost in the woods called this world. And you'll be like a child after some time crying, Mommy, Daddy, where are you? Your voice will drown in that woods. No one can hear it. This is the day of repentance. The Bible says, today if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Like when? Like when? Like in the day of perdition, where the people, the people in the wilderness, for 40 years they tried God. They tried God. And all of them perished. Didn't they all receive the promise? Didn't they get the prophecy from the great prophet Moses? Did it come to pass? Oh no, it didn't come to pass. Was Moses a false prophet? Oh no, he wasn't. What was wrong here with the calculation? They did not fall in line with the will of God. 
Jesus Christ moved from one place to the other because he knew this got to be done. People who are sitting in darkness should see that great light. People sitting in darkness should see that great light. People who are sitting in darkness should see that great light. If you are not shedding tears for those who are in darkness, you are grieving the heart of the father because he is shedding tears every single day. He's shedding every single day. Many tears for all those who are sitting in darkness. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If you don't have the burden for souls, go ask him. Get it from him. Get it from him. Get it from him. He'll give it to you. God will give it to you. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. What region is it? This region is called the region of the shadow of death. Not a fun place to be. A reason of the shadow of death. That means this area, people who live there, they are destined to die. Not to die and come alive, but die for good. They're going to a place where the worm does not die. The fire is not quenched. No one, no one can ever come back from that place. Do we see that? Do we hear that? Do you hear the cries of people who are in hell today? I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard the cries of people crying from hell. I heard it many, many years ago. And I cannot forget that. It still is in my ears. If you heard the cries of the people, if you would seen the tears of the people, you know why? You know why they're crying? I did it to myself. I did it to myself. I did it not because of what Jesus did. Not because God sent them to hell. I did it to myself. I did it to myself. The grief that people who are in hell carry, you cannot understand that now. The amount of depression and anxiety and darkness that is upon them, you have no idea of what that is now. If you think whatever you had, whatever depression you had, whatever anxiety you had, whatever trauma you had, if you think that's big, those who are in hell have that multiplied infinity. That means times and times and times and times and times, whatever. It is a place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Do we care first for our souls? And do we care for those who are in the shadows of death? They're in the shadows of death. When Jesus went there, when Jesus moved from that place to where the people were, he moved right into the place where they were. But you know what? He wasn't living with them in the shadows of death. No, he went there and he drew that away. Light of the world, he not only takes our darkness away, but through us, he drives out the darkness of those who are in darkness. God is calling you today and he's asking you, What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with the Jesus you have? Are you content? Are you someone who says, Oh, thank you Lord for my family. Thank you Lord for my house. Thank you Lord for my brother. Thank you Lord for my sister. My five loaves and two fish I will not leave. I will keep it with me all the days, all the days of my life. Lord, I have something to eat and I'm not starving. My five loaves and two fish. Thank you Lord for my five loaves and two fish. Or are you someone who says, here Lord, I give my all to you Jesus. And what you give to God, always remember, he takes it into his hands and he does something wonderful with that. Give your life to God and see what God can do for you. Now, I want you to go to another scripture here. Jesus Christ did something. When he saw these people who are in darkness, he brought light. You know, what was that light? 
the light was the message. And you know what that message was? Not something nice to hear. Hey, Jesus loves you. Don't worry about it. Don't feel sad. Jesus loves you. Jesus will give you everything you need. Jesus loves you. You know, there are people think, if they say someone, Jesus loves you, they finish saying the gospel. That's it. And they say, oh, thank you. Jesus loves you. A sandwich. Sandwich and Jesus loves you is not going to take anyone to heaven. Remember that. The true message of the gospel is the truth that should drive darkness away. Do you have the power of Jesus Christ? Do you have it or not? Do you have it or not? Ask yourself this question. What do I have? What kind of a teacher or a preacher or an evangelist or whatever gospel giver are you? What kind? What kind? What kind? What kind? God is asking you at this hour. The spirit of God is speaking at this hour with a vengeance for his church. What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing? What are you doing? Jesus took what God put inside of him. And he began saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Mean business with God? Mean business with God? Do you have the guts to speak the truth? Are you trying to be a nice Christian? I want to be a huggy Christian. Hug them all the way to hell. Are you going to hug your people all the way to hell? Are you going to stand at the funeral and say, I hugged them and I told them Jesus loves me. And they said, I know Jesus loves me. And I believe that they are in heaven. Are you a liar too? God is asking you this question today. What kind of a Christian are you? What kind of a Christian are you? What kind of a burden do you have in your heart? For your fellow neighbor, for your fellow relative, for your children, for your kid and kin. What kind of a burden do you have? Is it driving you to doing something? Or are you at a standstill? Are you saying that? Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. When your kingdom come, I shall be the king. And when I am the king, I have my own kingdom. And when I have my kingdom, oh, I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Horrible. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. Death to self is the foundation of Christianity. If anyone wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. If we cannot do that, you are disqualified to entering into the kingdom of heaven. No one who plays games in the kingdom of God. No matter how long we stay, no matter how much we give, we can't buy eternal life with our tithes and offerings. Always remember, we cannot buy entry into heaven or a seat anywhere in the kingdom of heaven or in the house of God with anything that we give. Doesn't happen, doesn't work. We cannot buy God with our silver or with gold. We cannot buy God for cash. We cannot buy God. Say, hey God, I have influence there and I will get this for you. No. He owns the heavens and the earth. When we look at ourselves and when we look at what we are doing for God, may that move us to do what God wants us to do. He is looking for people who will listen to him. You know, it's very difficult for people to close their mouths and open their ears for God Almighty. We're so used to talking, 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 talking all the time. Even when we go and pray, it's like, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. I want to say whatever I want to say. And then I feel so happy. I said everything what I want to say and I get up and go. Where is God in your prayer? 
Are you listening to God? Little Samuel was taught by Eli the priest to say, Speak Lord, for your servant hears. Are we in a listening mode or are we in a talking mode? Only those who are in a listening mode and in a doing mode will be those whom God will speak and they are the ones who will actually materialize the plan of God. God is speaking to our hearts today. What kind of a Christian are you? Are you a disciple to begin with? Have you put self to death? Or is it still a push and pull? Today I put it to death and tomorrow it is alive. The day after tomorrow I put it to death. Next one week it is alive. And after that I try to put it to death. And then next time it comes back alive. What in the world are you doing? There's got to be some kind of consistency that God is looking for. If you want to grow, God says at this hour, shape up today. Shape up today. Tell the Lord, Lord, I am going to be on the Lord's side. God had Moses call out and he said, who is going to be on the Lord's side? Come on to this side and do what I tell you to do. And those were all the Levites. Those were qualified to serve the Lord. God is speaking at this hour. If you want to serve God, you must learn to be someone who would follow him. Now Jesus, from there he moves. Let's go to verse 18. He walked by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they had a job to do. They were fishermen by trade, they were businessmen, they had a job to do. Jesus didn't come to someone who was jobless and he said, come on, I'll give you something to do. Poor you, you have nothing to do. Just follow me and hang out with me. No, there's no hanging out with Jesus Christ. When you come to God, you are coming to do something very important. He calls you to fulfill his task. God calls you with a purpose. The mission of God is very specific. The mission of God has a target. The mission of God has a purpose. The mission of God is not to wander aimlessly. No one wandering aimlessly can enter into the kingdom of heaven. There are no wanderers. There are people who will walk with God Almighty. Step by step by step by step by step. All the way to glory like Abraham did. God is speaking to our hearts today. Jesus saw people who were working. And he said something. He didn't say, well, you're working, right? I'm going to tell you to leave your work so that you can come and hang out with me. No. If he's calling, then you have more work to do. If God is calling you, you have more work to do. There are no idle Christians in the kingdom of God. God calls those who are faithful and God calls those who are busy. God never calls anyone who's lazy. If you think that you're lazy and I like my pillow and my bed and I like my coffee and my mug and I like to sit in my chair and do what I want to do in my spare time, I want to go and give the gospel. God is speaking to you at this hour. You will be disqualified. If you're really serving God, you will have no time. Don't say, oh, I want my personal time. I don't have my recreation time and I need my family time. I need my this time, that time. When the world is dying, people are in the shadows of death. What are you expecting? If you have your loved ones in the ICU, you think you will be going and talking about all your free time? The Bible says there's a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn. There's a time to sow. There's a time to plant. There's a time to reap. There's a time for everything. And God says, according to his time, do what you have to do. Do you know what time you're in? 
Jesus is coming soon. Do you know what time you're in? You can meet him even before that. Do you know what time you're in? God is speaking at this hour. Wake up, wake up, arise, you who are sleeping. Christ shall give you light. He will give you light, but you need to wake up. Wake up, wake up. God is speaking at this hour. Wake up, wake up. It is time to wake up. Jesus saw, verse 19. He's looking at Peter and he's looking at Andrew. And he said to them one thing. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Did he speak a big message over there? Big paragraph and big sentence? Did Do you think that he had to explain to them? You, you need to think about this and this is what you need to tell your wife and this is what you need to tell your kids and these are the arrangements you need to make. You know, otherwise, it's not a good Christian. You see, you're not a responsible husband, you're not a responsible father. And No, 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 no. When you follow Jesus Christ, everything will be in the right order. Not your right order, God's right order. That's okay. The proper order is heaven's order. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. Not according to what I plan and think is the right order. What is his order? What is his order? Do you know what his order is? Do you have your priorities right? God is speaking at this hour. Jesus looked at them. These two people, he looked at them. These people were working. They were doing what they had to do. And Jesus said, follow me. I'm going to do something. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to make you into something you are not now. Right now, you are a businessman. Right now, you're working with fish in the sea. God says, I'm going to transform you into someone who is going to take people like how you are catching fish. In whose net? In the net of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is speaking to our hearts today. Many times we might have sung, mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting, yielded and still. God looks and he says, really? Are you waiting first of all? Yielded and still that too? You yourself know that you can't even sit still for a minute. But you're singing, well, Lord, make me, mold me. I am sitting still. Meanwhile, you can't sit still. So agitated. Let every kind of agitation depart in Jesus name. Be a person who will learn to sit still. Follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Not your own heart. Not your own mind. Not the devil. Follow him. Let heaven's agenda this day be your agenda. Let heaven's agenda become your agenda. Let God's vision become your vision. You know a lot of times people talk about vision casting. You have to have your own vision. You need to have your own dream. And according to your dream you plan. Oh my God. Is that what the Bible says? Dreams and visions according to the kingdom of God is given by God. It is birthed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God births His vision into the hearts of those who are open to Him. Conception of God's work comes from the Spirit of God. Into the Spirit of man. To those who become one with the Spirit of God. It's not according to our will. It's not according to our ability. It's not according to our thinking. It's not according to human logic. Human logic will go against heaven's logic. Because human logic is illogic to heaven. It makes no sense to heaven. 
Because heaven's logic is so great. Human logic will go opposite to heaven's logic. Learn to be someone who will listen to the Father. Jesus looked at these two disciples and he said, Follow me and I will make you fishes of men. Do you want God to transform your life? Do you want God to change you? Do you want God to change your thinking? Do you want God to change your spirit? Do you want God to change you as a total being? Do you want that to happen? Many times we can come and say, Lord, change me, change me, change me, change me, change me. But we don't let him change us. Follow him and he will make you to be that which is called you to be, which is to catfish. If you want to be someone who will be changed by God in order to win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit and power is important, necessary, foundational. Without that, you can do nothing because not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. All the mountains will come crumbling down. In the spiritual realm, you cannot move a thing without the Spirit of God. And in order for that to happen, you need the power of God. That's what Jesus said. Peter, follow me. They were working. They didn't say, Lord, do you see me working? You're coming and calling me in the middle of my work. My shift is not even over yet. And you are not even recognizing the responsibility I have. I have to go face my family and it is important. I can't leave this and come. Did they say that? No. If they would have said that, Jesus Christ would have said, just like he told the rest, go. And he would have gone to the next person. These people did something very, very good. Very important. Very different than most of the people would have done. They immediately, I would underline, highlight, circle the word immediately. The Lord spoke to us yesterday during prophecy and worship at the retreat center about two sons. One said he will, said he'll go and the other one said he won't go and both did the opposite but one delayed. At least he did it but God is looking for implicit obedience. It's better than not going. But does it bring joy to the father? We need to be people who bring joy to the father. Not just okay at least he did it. No. You want to be someone who brings joy to the father. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Do you understand the weight of the call of God? Do you understand who is calling you? Do you understand it's the Lord of heaven and earth is calling you? He is calling you to leave your fish in a boat. He is calling you to come and serve you. Do you understand the weight of it? Do you understand who this person is who is calling you? Peter understood that. You see, Andrew understood that. And what did they do? They immediately left their nets and followed him. They are doing something. They are working with their nets. When Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They left what they had. And they immediately followed Jesus. No excuses. Only those who do the will of God with no excuses will be given heaven's job to do. I want to repeat this. Only those who do the will of the Father with no excuses will be given heaven's job to do. If we make excuses, then whatever we have will be taken away from us. God is speaking at this hour. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Left their nets and followed him. 
Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, Zebedee the son, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, we need to make note of these things. And immediately they left the boat, their father, and followed him. Did Jesus say, what a terrible fellow you are. Both of you, both brothers have no common sense. You left your father. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. What in the world have you done? Go back. Did Jesus say that? No. Did he see them there? With the boat, their nets, their father? Seeing all of that he said, follow me. The call of God takes over everything we have. The Bible says that very clearly. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son, daughter more than me is not worthy of me. If you don't put God first and love yourself more than you love God, if you do that, if you love yourself more than you love God, you are not worthy of God. If you love anything more than you love God and you place that upon the altar of God, it becomes idolatry, understand. If you place your husband on the altar where God has to be, you face your, place your wife on the altar where God has to be, you place your kid on the altar, your child on the altar where God has to be, you place your job on the altar where God has to be, you place your family on the altar where God has to be. God is no more your God. Whatever you place on the altar is your idol. And you worship that idol. It's like your golden calf. God is speaking at this hour today. When God says, follow me, we need to be like these men who had the understanding of who is calling them. They had the understanding of what the call was about. They didn't know everything. They didn't know that they were going to be in Acts chapter 2 and they're going to be doing all these things. They're going to be in Acts chapter 1 doing all these things and they're going to be in the book of Acts doing all these things. They had no understanding at that time what God had. They did not know the greater picture. None of us know the entire picture that God has. But you know, we have one picture in front of us. The picture is, if God is calling, He's calling us for something big. If God is calling us, He's calling us for something eternal. Do you understand that? Something big, something eternal should cause us to throw everything, lay aside everything and run after Him. The entire picture we will see little by little by little by little by little. You know when we see the full picture? When we stand face to face before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we will see the full picture. The whole picture. All the areas that God through His Spirit helped us to conquer. The territories that were won by us through God working in us. That full picture will be seen. But for now, little by little by little by little, Jericho, AI, every part of Canaan little by little, But are we willing to forsake all in order to gain all? Are you willing to forsake all in order to gain all? Are you willing to forsake all in order to gain all? God is asking you this question. Follow me and I will do something with your life. I will transform you, says the Holy Spirit. Follow me. Are you hearing the call of God this afternoon? 
Are you willing to lay aside everything, whatever your net may be, whatever your boat may be, whatever your father may be, whatever it is, God is telling you, whatever you are occupied and preoccupied with at this point of your time, the Holy Spirit is speaking at this hour. God says, drop that and do what I'm telling you to do. When he is calling you to co-labor with him, if you don't do that, you will be disqualified. The Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. You will be disqualified. You can't say after four years, come running, Lord, 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 I want to do this. Know this for sure. When you follow God, when the call comes to you, your life will become like the lives of these people. Twelve disciples on earth and they are elevated in heaven. From being twelve disciples, they became twelve apostles. Peter, did God transform him into a man who would catch men? Did that happen? The power of God in one sermon. Thousands came. One sermon. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you want to be someone that God is calling you to be, God called them to become apostles. That was the call of God. He didn't say, hey Peter, you're going to be my apostle? And you're going to have a big name in heaven? And you're going to be all over the Bible over here in the New Testament? And you're going to write many books in the New Testament? Did the call come like that? He never shows you everything. Because you know what will happen? Those who want to have big seats will come jumping for it. But God shows one thing. I will show you that which is eternal. Which is, you can catch men. They got the vision that catching men is more important than catching fish. God wants you to get that vision today. God wants you to get a glimpse of the glory of God. Are you willing to trade out the glory that comes from this vain earth that comes from the deceiver, Satan, who came and who showed Jesus all the glory of this world? What is he doing? He's showing that to the word of God who created this world with his word. He says, oh, I'm showing you all these things, the kingdoms of this world. Jesus knew what the real kingdom was about. And he knew the glory of the real kingdom. God is asking you this question. Do you understand the worth of what God is calling you for? And are you willing to leave whatever it may be in order to receive that which God wants to give to you? You won't see the whole picture. You will not see the whole picture. But God is showing you one thing. It's a big thing. The call of God comes today to you at this hour. The 11th hour, God is calling you. And he says, are you willing to follow me? The call is follow me. You follow me, I will do something big. You cannot do anything big. I cannot do anything big. But he can do big things. I can do one thing. I can follow him. You can do one thing. You can follow him. You can do one thing. Before following him, you need to lay down your nets. You need to lay down your boat. You need to lay down your father. Whatever it is, all these stand for material ties, family ties, whatever ties you may have. That's what this talks about. 
They left their family ties. They left their financial ties. They left whatever tie that was there. They left all those. They broke those ties in order to go after that which counts everything towards their eternity. They left everything and they said, we are coming. When the call came, they said, we are coming. God is asking you today this question. What are you willing to part with in order to get God what God has for you? What are you willing to part with in order to receive that which God has for you? Follow me and I will make you fishes of men. God is going to make you. God wants to do something big inside of you. But are you willing to follow him? Before following him, you need to do something. Jesus didn't look at Peter and said, Peter, first put that net down. And he didn't look at James. And he didn't look at John. And he didn't say, leave your father, leave that net, leave the boat, and then follow me. Did he say that? No. Because you know why? That's something that spontaneously has to come from your heart. If you want to follow God, follow Him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. It is not a forced relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a love relationship out of complete obedience and surrender to the Almighty God. Nobody should be coaching you and pushing you saying that, leave this and leave that and leave that. No. God says, follow me. Leaving is your part. Whatever you know to leave, you leave that. Whatever you know that is keeping between you and God, whatever is a hindrance between you and God, you leave it. You leave it. God is not going to come and tell you, leave this, leave that, leave that, leave that, leave that. God will tell you, follow me. If you have to follow God, you need to leave something. You cannot go along with what you have. Carry all your dirty bags and your dirty clothes and say, I am going to the palace and I'm going to be a prince. Oh no. Oh no. All these things must be dumped into the garbage. God is speaking at this hour. God says, follow me. Follow me. And I will make you Fishes of man. He's telling you what he's going to do. He's calling you to follow him. If you want to follow him, you should do something. Drop your nets. Drop your boats. Drop your father. Whatever tie that is that is keeping you from inheriting that which God has for you. That is coming between you and God. That's what God is speaking to you. God is not telling you, leave your husband, leave your wife, leave your mommy, leave your daddy, leave your children, and just, you know, go to some wilderness. That's not what God is speaking at this hour. God says, whatever is coming between you and God, leave that if you want to follow him. You cannot follow God and follow money. You cannot love God and love money. You cannot love God and say, I love people who actually keep me from God and do what they tell me to do and put God last in my life. God is speaking at this hour. God is speaking at this hour. Shall we all stand up together? Hallelujah. 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 Whatever is standing between you and God. When the call comes to follow Jesus Christ. Whatever is standing between you and God must go. It must go. Hallelujah. You can drag those things with you when you follow God. You cannot do that. You cannot do two things at the same time. You cannot. You cannot walk on two roads at the same time. You cannot. God is speaking to you at this hour. Hallelujah. 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 Take a few minutes in the presence of God. Examine yourself as the Spirit of God is moving in our midst. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, Father. Do a deeper work, 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 my father.
do a deeper work in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Commit yourself to the Lord. Whatever God is putting his finger on, whatever God is talking to you about, you surrender that to God. You say in the presence of God, I'm leaving this. I'm not going to. Keep this and let go of the call of God. That will be foolishness. Whatever it may be, whatever is keeping you from God, whatever is keeping you from the will of God, whatever is keeping you from Pursuing the Lord. Whatever is keeping you from being the disciple that you need to be in order to become an apostle. God is speaking at this hour. Drop it. If you want to gain Christ, to be like Apostle Paul, who counted all things that were gained to him as loss because he found something more excellent than that. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to leave all these things because I found something. That is far superior to this. I'm going to leave everything. And I'm going to follow. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you Father. This is your time with the almighty God. I know God has spoken to you this hour. The spirit of God. Has done a work. In our midst. Now it is up to you. You are accountable to God for this word that God has spoken to you today. You're accountable to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have done my job in the presence of God before the Lord God Almighty. With the word that God has given to you now, it is you and God. You decide whether you're going to follow God or not. If you have to follow God, you cannot follow Him with your boats and your net and with your father. Whatever it is standing between you and God, God is speaking about that. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever is standing between you and God, in order for you to do the will of God, you must part with that. Thank you, Jesus. Otherwise, whatever you're holding on to, will keep you from the best that God has for you. You will become nothing and a nobody before God and in this world. You would have been a fool for refusing the high call of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take a few more minutes in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Let the Lord work in your heart. Let the Lord work in your heart. This is our hallelujah. Praise God. I don't want to rush anything right now as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to give that time for you. For you to truly, truly let God work in your heart so that the word that God has spoken will be sealed forever in your spirit. That the right course of action that needs to be taken will be taken in the presence of God at this hour. That the grace of God may surround you and move you to a place of action. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.